Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. On 9-11-2001, when those towers were struck in the Pentagon and everyone was just fearful, the schools that were affected and the students had to call the persons that were called more than anyone else were grandparents. Mm. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but we want to talk today about the importance of grandparenthood and its role in missions to from one generation to the other generation. Uh, there's a tendency of what I call generational slide. The third generation seems to not have the heart for God, sometimes not a principle, a tendency that you see. And let me give you an example. David would serve God with his whole heart. Solomon served God with half a heart. And his son, Rehoboam, had no heart for God. Mm. There's a tendency to do that, but we think that tendency doesn't have to become the chain of destruction. Again, we welcome you to Exploring Missions. This is Bert Harper along with co-host Nathan Nathan, it's good to have you with us as usual. It's great to be here always. But we have a special guest today. He's been with us before. His name is Wesley Wildman. Wesley, welcome. Hey, glad to be on this program. I'm excited to talk about this topic today. Well, I am too, and we're excited about what you do here at AFA and AFR. And uh, let let everybody know. I mean, you wear many hats, man. I, I do in mini- <laughs> ministry. That's what you do sometimes, and I and I'm grateful for that. I learn a lot in the different hats that I wear. I work as uh, primarily as a director of outreach, so I build relationships with our supporters, and uh, almost equally as much. I work with EngageMagazine.net, and that's the outreach to the millennials that AFA and AFR has provided over the last two and a half years. So I I call it it's two and a half years new. And so we're still working through some things, but we have just a lot, a lot of content to provide for high school and college age students and even young adults that AFA and AFR has done to reach out to the millennials. And so it's called EngageMagazine.net, EngageMagazine.net. And I'll just point you to one article that I wrote that has to do with the topic that we talk about today. And it's called Breaking the Generational Mold. Breaking the Generational Mold. You're talking about the third generation, and I talk about that in here. And my dad sometimes calls it the country club generation. You know, your mm-hmm. your granddad works real hard, and then and then the dad uh, works equally you know, as hard and provides. But then by the time he gets to the third generation, they basically are handed everything, and they don't have to earn anything. And so I talk about that, and I talk about that in the article saying, hey, as, a, as my generation, we need to break that generational mold to not think that everything's given to us and have a respect for people and uh, a desire to work hard and provide for your family. And yeah, Pastoring uh, the churches that I did, I noticed the difference in what I call new money and yeah. old money. Yes. The new money, they were out there earning it. They were, they were doing quite well. They had got a product or something that would cause them to be effective. And, and then you had those that inherited a lot of money. And I want to just tell you, there was some difference. And your dad had 
had noticed that country clubs, right. you know, kids, third generation mm-hmm. or whatever generation it might be, there is a difference. But in the Bible, the Bible has examples. But Nathan, the scripture in Psalms that I think is a very important passage, I think sets the pattern for imp- the importance of, of grandparents and what they are and what they, their role might be. Yeah. In Psalm chapter 78, the writer is talking about being intentional, intentional about training each successive generation to come in, in God's ways. And without really studying this, just want to read it. Psalm 78, starting in verse 1, it says, My people, hear my instruction. Listen to what I say. I will declare wise sayings. I will speak mysteries from the past, things we have heard and known, and that our fathers have passed down to us. We must not hide them from their children, but must tell a future generation the praises of the Lord, His might, and the wonderful works He has performed. Amen. And, and we desire to do that. And even in the Gospels, and especially in Timothy, Paul writes Timothy, and, and this is not necessarily grandparents, but it does show you the value of handing your faith down, mm-hmm. that I would taught, uh, I've taught you, you've taught others, and these faithful men will teach others also. Yes. It's really four, four, four generations there if you look at it that way. But in grandparenthood, and this is what we want to do today, we're going to give some personal testimony. It's going to be a little mm-hmm. different, but usually on missions, we have personal testimony of what God's doing, and we're going to talk about it in grandparenthood. Let me give you this, three biblical examples of parenthood, of grandparenthood. Genesis 48, Joseph has gone into Egypt, and of course, Jacob and his family, they're back, and the famine comes, and they make their way to Egypt. Mm-hmm. And here's what happens in chapter 48, verse 1. Now, it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, Indeed, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob was told, Look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat up on the bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me in Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you and will make you a multitude of people. And here's Manasseh. Now, Jacob, he does what that thing gives the second one, the greater blessing than the first one. But it still shows you the importance of parenthood. It's all through the Bible, the importance of parenthood. Nathan, looking at you, and then I know who your grandparents were. And matter of fact, (laughs) with Wesley, I I knew most of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, you guys, what a blessing. Wesley, start with you. Tell me about... Grandparent. Uh, Absolutely. I can't help but to think about, uh, and I don't know if this is exactly what it's talking about, and maybe y'all can help me, but when you think about generational blessings, I can't help but to think about both sides of my family, my, my both my parent, both my mom and my dad, as far back as I can go in my lifetime, everyone was married to the same spouse that they were married to from first, from first, you know, there weren't any uh, broken families or divorce. Sure, there was trouble. Sure, there was difficulties. I wasn't there. I know in my own life there are, and I'm married with this, you know. So I know that was there. However, they stuck together and they were faithful. Does it cause you to want to determine to not break that absolutely. chain of, of blessing? I absolutely want to not, not make the, uh, break that chain, but I see that. And so as a result of that, that's one of the first things that comes to mind is I bet I can look back and say, wow, there is a long lineage on both sides, and now it's that uh, I can go on my on my wife's side 
and see that a lot, at least on the first level of uh, the first level generation. Her parents have been married for 30 plus years or whatever it is. And so that their faithfulness and their testimony of how it was difficult at times, but with God's grace and, and the help of other Christians that they persevered and they've got great stories and a lot of laughter. And so I, I can't help but to think about that when I think about my my uh, grand, grandparents. Well, we're going to come back to you and give you some examples sure. of those about how they influenced you. Nathan, you've you've got a good heritage as well. Yeah, I would I would say definitely, um, you know, from your parents. We're really just godly people who, um, you know, model things, not just for I'm sure their children, but definitely for for grandchildren and just uh, the warmth and love that we experience as, as children in my grandparents' home was, uh, it's, it's hard to even describe what that was like. And then on my mom's side, her mother, just a godly Christ-like lady who every day would seek the Lord in, in prayer and Bible study and we knew that we were being prayed for, still are, and it's, uh, yeah, you know, you talk about a generational blessing, whatever that might be. One way to look at it maybe is like, you know, spiritual momentum. You know, what God's doing in my life didn't just start with me. You know, it, it's, it's been given to me. It's, it's been passed, passed down from one generation to the next. And so there's some momentum already built that I can just, um, there's a blessing there with that. And, and it's not me doing all the work. Now, some families, I think that's not the case. You can start it though. That's it right. can begin that's with right. you. That's yeah. one thing. If, if you don't have this heritage that, that Wesley and Nathan are talking about, you can begin it. You, you can be the starter. And I have countless friends, countless friends who didn't have the experience I have, but they were around me at an early age, and so they would stay the night, They were, um, uh, or they would go with me to camp, and my parents would take them, and they've put their flag in the ground ever since they were that, since they were young, saying that this is what I want, I, this is what I want to experience, this is what I want my kids to experience, yeah. and I want my wife to experience, and so... They met. They are the. I got several friends uh, that they're. They are the first generation that finished college. Also, that have been married to the same spouse for five or six years now, and and are serving the Lord in ministry. And they have all hundred percent attention, regardless of what Satan throws their way. That they're going to stick this thing out Amen. to the end. Let me give you a little bit about mine. My my. I was. I'm the youngest of nine. So I was born a little late, my mom and dad. I tell them I got in under the radar. Is that why you're so loud sometimes? I guess it is. That's got to be it. That's got to be it, Wesley. I'm just kidding. No, it's true. Uh, They had to put special microphones because my loudness voice carrying. So anyway, but youngest of nine, and uh, so I was born later. So I only met one of my grandparents. But I had a grandmother that died before I was born, and my mom and my dad would talk about her and when a daughter-in-law talks about how good her mother-in-law is mm. it must be pretty special yeah so uh, i i can't wait to meet her i've never met her on my dad's side my dad's mom and she prayed that god would call preachers from her children and her children's children and so forth yeah. and they've been a few of us that are 
that's been called to ministry. And I, I, I'm looking forward to heaven to meeting her for the first time. Mm. And so even though she was gone, her influence came up on me. Yeah. And, and that's the power of a godly life lived in service to God. Mm. I want to go now and give some examples of of this, you know, passing it on. How did how did some of this be passed down to you from your grandparents, Wesley? Well, it took, first of all, it comes with just spending time. Uh, and, that, and I know that's an obvious thing, but my granddad on my mom's side would make all kind of intentional efforts to uh, – I can. I mean, I could be in the car, and he would call. I could hear my mom pick up the phone and say, "Yeah, yeah, he's not doing anything Saturday. That's fine. That's okay." And so he would pick me up. We would go fishing or whatever. We go camping or, um, and he um, we do anything outside. And then uh, when it was raining, we still find a way to get outside. So that was my granddad. Spent on my mom's side. Spent a lot of time with me. He was a real practical teacher. He definitely talked, and we talked about stuff, but he was, and when he came to teaching, he taught with his actions. Uh, his actions were really loud, you know, from opening a door for a lady to saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And when you say something, you better do it. Uh, and, and if you didn't, if you weren't supposed to, then you can think about it the next time, <laughs> but you go ahead and do it because you told him you're going to do it. Um, that kind of thing, returning stuff where you found it better than you found it. That's the kind of lessons he taught me in, in my actions. At an early age, and on the other side, my dad's dad, he was a great teacher. He was around not as much early on, but as as I grew up, he was around more and more. And he had, as as our audience knows, Don Wildman. I mean, you could just follow his teachings, his books, and everything else. And we did uh, a lot of things together. Sometimes that shows you some. Sometimes you learn to appreciate others later than others. That's it. Yeah. In in those early years, and then, just the going and coming, but you appreciate the standard that was set before you. Absolutely. And I just want to point to um the fact that and and my wife and I were just talking about this the other day, the fact that different people have different connections. And so my papa on my dad's side, although he wasn't around as much, uh, but but my but my granddad, we had a different. It's just, it's just a little different because of the stages. But like you said, as it developed, and I get seventeen, eighteen, then me and my papa had a different connection than my, my granddad did. And of course, my granddad got sick and passed away a lot sooner than. And of course, papa's still around too. So there's a different connection there, and it's just the seasons. Um, but it, but. But I can tell you this much, if I ever needed my papa, if I went to him, he was always there on my always dad's there. side. Talk a little bit about your grandmothers. I yeah. know both of them. One of them is quite feisty. Yes. <laughs> well, both of them are very good with their etiquette and the yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And if you don't like it, don't say it. Just leave it there on your thumb. I mean, they were very, very um, professional when it comes to the, the etiquette stuff. And so... But I thought about what Nathan said about his grandmother praying. I literally could walk in right now. We could stop this program and drive to my granny's house, and she would have her Bible and her notepad of who she's praying for and how she's praying for that specific person. And there's always her grandchildren always on that list at the very top. And she specifically, from the time I was born, I'm 28 years old, from birth, she has prayed for me a spouse that was a godless spouse, a Proverbs-type spouse, and uh she always jokes about it when we're at family meetings, and she says, uh, well, Chelsea, she said, my wife Chelsea, she says, Chelsea, she said, every time Wesley would bring a girl over, I knew he was dating somebody. I'd always pray, 
Lord, I'm not so sure about this one, but if this is your will, let it happen. <laughs> and she said every time within weeks, within days of her praying that, uh, I would be single or, you know, not not with that girl again. And she said that she prayed that for Chelsea, and she's still here. So. <laughs> Amen. Well, Nathan, uh, you gave some, but give some specifics to, you know, your grandparents and their influence in your life. Yeah, I would, I would say that, you know, for me, that I was probably younger. I'm, I'm, I'm 40 now, so it's been a while to remember a lot of things. But when I was younger, uh, your parents, my grandparents on, on your side, I don't re- remember a whole lot of things I could probably say but, uh, or talk about, but I remember stories and just spending time and so I get more of a general sense of, of, of love and acceptance and, and, and warmth. And, and then I remember a lot of stories and, and, and things that would happen. So that, my dad was a storyteller yeah. and, uh, I, I appreciate that. And then I've carried some of that on to our sons. And mm-hmm. so it's, I think it's be, important. Be a storyteller. It, it's, I mean, it's great. Now the Psalm I read talked about that, how you intentionally speak of, of things that you saw God doing in your life and you're passing that on and it kind of becomes an anchor for uh, that next generation uh, to, to, you know, to go back to and they don't stray too far from that. And just like, you know, we mentioned that my grandmother on my mom's side, always praying. And I even remember in the area of missions, she would talk about missionaries and how she's praying for this missionary or, or that person. And, in the country that they're serving in and she would keep up with what's going on around the world, what God was doing. And, um, you know, I even see some of that influence, you know, at play in my own life even now. So, um, I don't know if grandparents realize how much mm. influence they actually have on, yeah, on their do. grandchildren. They're just being who they are, mm-hmm. you know, but I th- God uses it. You know, God blesses it and multiplies that in in in, in the next generation and the and the ones to come, even the ones that haven't been born. God uses that those generational blessings and uh, that momentum, that spiritual momentum, to uh, to bring Him glory. Amen. You go ahead. Okay, I was, was going to give some biblical examples here. Uh, again, with my grandparents is with their, I would say them their deaths before maturity for me. Didn't have a lot, but what was funny, a lot of folks thought my parents were my grandparents, you know, <laughs> because uh, of the age, That's you know. Right. I had two nieces who were older than me. Oh, nice. Uh, one was four years older than me, and we went to the same elementary school That's... one year, and I'm a second grader, and she's going around calling me Uncle Bert. Are you now, that, yeah, that yeah. doesn't fit well. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I think of Ruth, chapter 4, verse 6. Listen to this. After Ruth had come back to Bethlehem, and Naomi, and she marries uh, Boaz, and they have a child named Obed. Listen to this, chapter 4, verse 16 of Ruth. Then Naomi, who's the grandmother, took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Mm. Can you, you know, here's the influence of a grandmother just giving her life for, for this child. Her husband had died. Her, her sons had died, and now she had a daughter-in-law that stayed with her. What a yeah. daughter-in-law Ruth was. 
but now she has a grandson, a grandchild, and it's making all the difference in the world, not only in the child's life, but it's. I, I can share with you, I'm a grand grandparent now, the joy of sharing that mm-hmm. with them, each child. And, and a lot of times, like with Nathan's three children, yes, we've had all three, but what's special is when we get one at a time because they don't get to experience that. And that's what you're talking about, that one-on-one time. So if grandparents can do that, it's maybe according to the distance, but that grandparent purposefully spending time with them, together, yes. But when they're together, you spend a lot of your time disciplining them. But when you got one-on-one, you don't have that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sibling rivalry. That's right. And that way, that grandparent just Mm. pour into them. And and it's the same way, like Nathan said, just being who they are. Uh, mm-hmm. My my mom and my dad just being who they were, and then uh, his his granny, my wife's mother, him observing her prayer life and everything. It really makes a difference. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I I think about when uh, we hit a gravel road to get to my to get to my Chelsea's parents, which is our son's uh, grandparents. Says yeah, yeah, I'm Buckdad. When they, when they, when they, you better say that a little plainer because yeah. they're going to be listening and yes. they want to hear. What yeah. do they call? They, what, is he, what does Bennett call them? Bennett calls uh, Chelsea's mom Yaya and her dad Buckdad. Buckdad. So when we hit that gravel road, they know he he. Know, I don't know how they know, but when we hit that gravel road, we can hit a hundred gravel roads. But when we hit that one, he's like, "Is Yaya at the house?" Yaya. <laughs> so, but you know, I'm speaking about um, passing down stuff. Uh, grandparents have an opportunity to pass down tangible, real stuff. My grandmother passed down my granddad's Bible to me, and I have it at my house. It's a little pocket Bible. Uh, this, that's my mom's dad, a little pocket Bible. I got that, and I'm wearing, I'm literally not knowing I'm wearing his shirt today. This is my granddad's shirt uh, that I'm wearing. I know no one can see that who's driving and listening to the radio, but it's a nice shirt. It's a nice shirt. Thank you. It's warm shirt for it, such a cool day as this. It, it cold is. day as it, this. It's a wool, heavy wool shirt. This is his, and so there's a bunch of tangible things. Now, some things she waited. You know, as I got older, so I take care of it better. But I uh, passed down all his hunting guns and everything else, and so I've had the opportunity to carry that stuff over when I go when I go out and about. You know, and I do things, I have a part of him with me, and it reminds me of the person he was and how he treated my grandmother and so on. And that's kind of, you know, inspires me to, you know, on tough days. So, hey, this guy's, you know. When my mother was making out their will, and they didn't have a lot. Nine children had spent all their money raising us, and then yeah. grandkids galore, how yeah. many they had. So they didn't have a lot. But my mother took time to look at each specific thing in the wow. house that she could give to each grandchild wow. that would remind them of them because it was a connection there because they desire that connection. And, and again, that that's just what it is. Mm. Those tangible things have more value than you think they do because of the reminder. Yeah, that's right. And I think what we're talking about is, is super important. Um, it's a key component to uh, spiritual growth. And, and and becoming like Christ and 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 following Jesus, but for many, even maybe listening, they like we've talked about, they might not have parent grandparents or even parents biologically that spiritually uh, nurture or disciple them. I would say even more important scripturally, even more important than the biological family, is the spiritual family, Amen. the family of God, and there are. Elders, there are older people 
uh, in the faith, in the church, who can intentionally influence those that are younger than themselves. And especially those that, like like we've talked about, don't have the spiritual heritage that we have, mm-hmm. um, they can be taken c- care of spiritually by the church. Us, um, us, yeah. because I've yeah, seen my us. parents do that. And and it, like I mentioned earlier in the program, it's made a difference in these people's, in these kids' lives because it's inspired them to live a life that is biblical and to, like I said, be married to the same person for their whole life and to, uh, you know, provide for their family. Um, there's a, uh, be a good citizen and, uh, be involved in the church. You know, those are the kind of things that, uh, my parents were able to be a part of that, that, like you said, that those that are listening that didn't have that look for those that, that are, are willing to be a good example and to invest in your life discipleship process, because that you can have, they may not be your biological father or grandfather, but they'll be your spiritual father or grandfather. And you look for that, uh, I'd say couples who are childless, mm-hmm. look for the opportunity to be that grandparent to them. Mm, yeah. I grew up with that. I grew up in a, in a small community, and our next door neighbors was Will and Sybil Wilson, and they had no children. But they were like grandparents to me. Every year before I would start the school, Miss Sybil would come. She'd pick me up in her car, and we would go to Boonville, Mississippi, to a department store there, Feldman's Department Store. I still remember it. Mm. And I'd buy some tough nut jeans and a shirt. Yeah, yeah. And that was every year, first grade through sixth grade. And then it was time to graduate. I didn't have a suit, and we didn't have a lot of money to spend on a suit. Miss Sybil, again, got me, and we went to Boonville, Mississippi, and there she purchased a suit for me, so I would have it for graduation. (laughs) There it is. She invested her life in me. They were childless, but they were really, again, they weren't childless. They adopted me kind of, since I did not have grandparents, Mm -hmm. they became my grandparents. Yeah, you know how um, you've heard people say, you know, parents are like the law. And grandparents are like that's grace. It. That's it. And you need them both. And you know, I, I think we're in more need of grace. Yeah. So we need extra grandparents, you yeah. know, spiritual grandparents in the church. You had some people we, come I along. Did. I did. And so um, really, that I think it might be a missing component in a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, what an opportunity, right? It is. So Huge if, opportunity. If, if you're, maybe your children live way off. Uh-huh. And you don't get to see them, but once a year. I mean, they may be in a foreign country, missionaries somewhere, and you're at home. You're like Jan in my age, and you don't have the opportunity to be a grandparent to your real grandchildren. Adopt some, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. and and be that grandparent to them to pass on this faith. It's real. Let me give you this one more scripture that I, I wanted to share: Second Timothy one five. Uh, this is Paul writing to Timothy. When I call the remembrance, the genuine faith that is in you, which dwell first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded in you also. Amen. They passed it on, didn't they, guys? Yes, they did. Nathan, thank you for sharing today. Thank you. Wesley, thank you, brother. I'm glad to be a part of it. And when can they listen to Engage, the, the radio program? It's on, too. Yes, yeah, Saturdays at 530 or go to EngageMagazine.net. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions here on the American Family Radio Network.